All right, all right. So here we go with episode six of The Techie and the Cowboys. My name is Alistair Hunt, a.k.a. The Techie. And this is T.W. Lawrence, The Cowboy. So today we're talking about a subject where it is that's been confused a lot of times and how it's been talked about, and that's turning the other cheek. Right. So you hear that kind of thrown around in different circles and different situations and circumstances, uh, you know, whenever you're talking to people that are believers. But we want to talk a little bit about what that means and, and what and why people even hurt in the first place inside of this episode. T.W., what's your kind of thoughts and experiences with that? Well, you uh, might recall that in one of the um, chapters in the book that I wrote, I deal with that subject uh, because it's a Christian book. But the um, antagonist says to my hero, if you're a preacher's son, then you must turn the other cheek. And he struck out with a fist to hit the guy. And, and my hero punched him back and said, oh, you must have mistaken me for my brother who took that lesson more seriously than I did. <laughs> so today we'll be talking about what it means to be able to turn the other cheek, why it is that people hurt in the first place, how it is that you might unintentionally hurt other people as well, and then the act of forgiveness after it is that you've been hurt. So before we get started, let's go ahead and kick that super duper cool intro music. And now a few minutes with two of my friends who will soon be yours, the techie and the cowboy. Here we go. Let's do this. All right. So we're talking about, you know, turning the other cheek. But first of all, before we even get to that, let's talk about why it's so easy to be able to be hurt and to hurt loved ones or people that we care about. And, you know, that's, I think, kind of the base of it is we tend to get hurt by others and then we want to be able to retaliate and to be able to strike out. Uh, so there's several different reasons why it is that, that people hurt. First of all, a lot of times people are so self-absorbed with their own pain that they don't even realize that they're hurting other people. In other words, they're so caught up in their whole situation that the loved one, whether it's a friend, a family member, a significant other, or whatever else just happens to be there, and they unintentionally become verbally or whatever the place for them to be able to take that out because they're the closest to them. And maybe they feel like it is that they've earned that right to be able to lash out the people that they love. But most of the time it's in a, an environment where it is that they don't even understand that they're doing. I think that uh, most of the time that it's done, people do it without thinking. And, and that is really an issue because if you thought about it, you'd think, what's the sense in me hurting my wife or my mother or somebody like that? It makes no sense at all because I need that person in my life. So you might as well, you know, stick them with a hot poker. What's the sense in that? Well, you know, it's also a safe place for you to get a lot of stuff off your mind where it is that you might not normally say it. And then you can go back and say, you know, I was just angry when I said that. I was just mad or, I, you know, I didn't really mean any of that. So sometimes, especially in a, a cover of an argument, sometimes people think that, they can get whatever they want off their mind. And then they'd be like, you know, we both said stuff that we didn't mean. Well, the truth is, is that you really probably were really feeling it and thinking of it. And you felt in that moment because it is that you were angry or because you're both heated or maybe because they were hurling, uh, you know, insults and stuff your way that it was okay to be able to get that off your chest in that moment when really that's the worst time to be able to get it off your chest. Right. Well, it's like when we were younger, people would, uh, would hurt you with insults or whatever. And then just go, Oh, just kidding. <laughs> like, well, I'm standing here bleeding and you're telling me you're just kidding. Somehow that doesn't square. You know, damage has been done. You can't, you know, once you speak a word, insult, whatever, 
can't take it back. Well, even in certain social circles, that's considered acceptable. You know, like me and my fraternity brothers, whenever it is that we were going on road trips or we'd be hanging around, we would just throw jabs at each other, right? That was just part of what it is that we did, uh, you know, as part of the normal accepted whatever. But the truth is, whether you're playing or not, some of that stuff really stuck and some of that stuff really hurt. Uh, and then we would all, you know, play it off at the end of the the whatever it is that we were doing. And it would, and you're supposed to just keep on going on. But if that stuff really stung, sometimes that would go, you know, a long time. You would carry it with you for a long, long time against that person. Well, it's always been said that in humor, there is truth. So if you think you're being funny, but you're hurting somebody, you're really telling them something that you believe is true. And unconsciously, the receiving person knows that and you think, why are you saying that about me? Why do you think that about me? Oh, I was just kidding. Well, up to a point, yes. But there's you just in terms of it, just you want to be dispassionate about it. Look at it this way. It's a very low percentage play to make. It's kind of like of all the things you can do, you will spend more time making up for the stupid thing you said than if you had just kept your mouth shut. One of the things I like to do is not just talk about what the the challenge is, but different ways that, that we've used to resolve it. So one of the things I've learned is that whenever it is that I'm in a situation where I know I'm frustrated, I'm angry, I'm hangry, which my wife will agree that's a <laughs> really a really point which she knows whatever I need to eat. The kids know whatever my blood sugar's off out of whack too, is to be able to recognize that, first of all. And second of all, before it is that I speak or react to somebody to stop and take a breath and just prefer not to say anything at all. <laughs> Most of the time in those situations, I'll be like, you know what? It's not a good time to talk to me about X, Y, Z. Let me eat first and then we'll talk or let me take a, a break or deep breath. It's like, you know, I got some stuff going on. So can we talk about this some other time? And that's not something that just happens. That took a lot of practice for me to get to that point where I could even recognize whenever it is I was feeling in that space. But it made all the difference in, you know, building the relationships around me. Yeah, but let me ask you this. If uh, your wife was to say that to you or one of your kids was to say that to you and you say to them, well, it's okay. I understand your situation. I understand that you're angry. Let me uh, back off a minute. Let me put things in a different perspective. That when a person is angry and they see you being nice to them and understanding to them, a reaction that evokes a lot of time is for the people just to turn it up because they resent you being good when they're trying to be bad. It could go the other way. Sometimes it catches them so off whenever it is that you're being nice when they're being bad, especially if it's outside of what your normal reaction is, that it'll make them stop for a second as well. And and I've learned that if they're turning up when I'm turning down, that actually fires me to be more good. So the way it is that we can dissolve the situation. And sometimes I'll just exit. I'll be like, okay, you know what? We're obviously not getting anything done. I had to do this the other day with the business associate. I was like, you're yelling. You're obviously upset. So I'm going to end this conversation now. We'll talk about this later. A, because if you keep on yelling at me, I don't know how much patience I'll have to, to not yell back. And B, it's just not being productive. When you stay, step back and look at it, it's never productive for both people to be firing back and forth at each other. Nothing ever gets done. And most of the time, it's going to be more hurtful than helpful. Once you realize that, and you're in that moment, it's almost like an out-of-body experience. You can kind of step back and be like, whoa, 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 this is not going the way it's supposed to. Let's take a step back. Let's take a break. Both of us calm down, go and have a drink of water or whatever else, and then we'll come back. It doesn't have to be a long period of time. It could be just a few minutes. I like to go do something that, that changes my mood, maybe listen to some music that I like, or talk to somebody who's going to make me laugh, or whatever. Go watch some clips on YouTube. Change your state. Change your mindset. Change your situation. Then come back 
and you'll look at it a whole different way. I promise. Yeah. Well, an- another thing to think about is that think about when you were, well, like you brought up your uh, fraternity days, things that w- you were really mad at a particular person about. I mean, it was life and death between you and that person and you, you couldn't see straight. You couldn't uh, move past it. Now, if you think about that same person, that same situation, you shrug your shoulders and go, wow, that was a lot of nothing. So when you, if you have the time to take the perspective about it, what you're going on about doesn't really add up to anything in the long run. You're absolutely right. And that's why it is taking that break really makes a big difference because not even looking back at it, you know, years and years later is one thing, but even five, 10, 15 minutes can shift your perspective, just like it is that you said. And you can have that same epiphany whenever you look back, you'd be like, okay, yeah, we were, we were definitely spinning. Let's go back and, and try this from a different angle. Or you say, you know, I'm sorry if I, I said something that made you upset. That wasn't my attention. Let's try this again. And just setting that whenever you come back into the situation, puts it on a different plane and shifts everybody's perspective inside of it. They may still be hot. You may still be hot, but at least it is that you start off on an apologetic note and then uh, moving back into the same situation. It doesn't mean that you're going to still agree coming out of it, but it just allows you to be able to take a step back and try it from a different angle. And it usually has a better outcome. I have a, I have a real good, uh, a close colleague who has, <laughs> I was thinking about this when we talked about preparing for it. And Lee has this, uh, this two out of three rule. It's kind of like somebody acts out with him, one of his kids, business associates, whatever. He'll say, okay, enough. Let's, as you say, let's, let's take a break. And the person continues on and goes, no, let's take a break. So that's number two. Third time he goes, okay. Two of us can play this silly game and he gets into it and he's really good at it. And most of the people who have fronted him know that he's a nice enough guy until you really, really make him mad and then <laughs> all bets are off. So it's kind of like, you know what? I'm not going to pick on Lee because, you know, Lee's a good player in that in that regard. And that's that's kind of like the Plains of the Serengeti talk we've had once before is that, you know, we're all part of the animal kingdom and we have to establish a pecking order. And as long as you know that you're playing with the alpha dog, you'll back off. Right. I don't know if I ever want to be noticed <laughs> Alpha dog in arguments, even though in certain spaces, I'm sure I have been known because I can I can hit back with a sharp sword, which is why it is that I needed to to reevaluate that whole position. Right. Because then I know I left a lot more <laughs> as one of my mentors say dead bodies by the side of the road, uh, you know, of, of running over people because of my ability to do that. than I did relationships that I wanted to be able to keep. So that I made a conscious choice not to be that person that's known for don't mess with him because he'll flatten you out. But the other thing that when we go back to it, me, I always want to know the origin of any situation, not just the symptoms, but the root cause of things. And one of the things I remember from reading and discussions and talking with psychologists and all this kind of stuff is that what you're dealing with is somebody who's angry. On a continuum in the fight or flight syndrome, which we all have built into us, and it's in our DNA, anger is the flip side of fear. We lash out to protect ourselves because we are afraid of something. Mm -hmm. And so if we can figure out why am I, you know, what's gotten to me that is making me fearful that I need to protect myself by pushing people away so I can have this space to feel safe in. 
part of that is you who is receiving the anger, looking at them and say, why are they mad? You know, what, what is making them afraid? But fear is a big part of that equation. And if you know that, you'll tend not to take it personally because it's not you that's causing to do that. It's whatever that situation is. Which kind of brings me to the next point is that hurt people interpret every word spoken to them or action that's done to them through the prism of their pain. So in other words, one of my good friends, uh, Rhino Mason, he, he used to always use this example. He used to say that when people look at you through their lens, now how their lens is, whether it's foggy or dirty or whatever else, that's what they're going to see you as. So in other words, if somebody's upset, somebody's mad, or they think that you're mad at them, Everything that you say to them is going to be through that mat. This is why it is that I tell people it's really, really a bad idea to communicate major things through text message or email or anything where they can't see you or hear the tones in your voice. Because however it is that they are feeling, that's how they're going to read the email. So even though it might be a nice email or an email that's not meant anything, if they're upset, they're going to read it as you yelling at them because they're in that yelling, somebody yelling at them mode, right? Or if it is that you want it to be more aggressive, but they're in a happy mood and they just got some happy news, they're going to read it as, oh, it's not really a big deal. (laughs) So it's better for you to be able to call and talk to them or even see them face to face is even better. So that way they can see the expressions on your face. They can hear the tone in your voice and something that you say with a smile might be taken better as something that was text and they hear as yelling because they're looking at it through their lens. They're looking at it through their pain. So like you said, people who it is that are hurt may be more sensitive to anything it is that's being said or done to them. And now they see that as hostile, which puts them in more of a state of fear. Right. There's there's two other elements to it. By amplifying things that you've said when they're in a hurting condition to be more hurtful does three things. One, it's a projection of how they feel. They're projecting their situation onto you, whether it's intended or not. Second thing, it's a form of denial. If they focus on you being the problem, they don't have to deal with the problems that are going on inside of them. And it's just a, it's a way of satisfying, well, I'm not so bad because Alistair is, is being a jerk about this. So it's really his fault when I'm the one who started it. But it's a form of not dealing with the problem that the angry person has. So, so you know, going leading into our whole subject, which is turning the other cheek, all these situations do not mean that you need to be run over by this person. Like, let's say it is that you are the receiver, somebody who it is that's aggressively coming at you. It doesn't mean that you need to allow them to just plow all over and you be like, oh, that's okay. <laughs> you know, it's okay. Do whatever it is that you want to. What it's talking about more so is uh, the ability for you to be able to want to get revenge or retaliate when it says turn the other cheek. So if somebody's coming at you in a wrong way or evil way, it is your responsibility as a believer or non-believer for you to be able to respond in love, right? So not to allow them to be able to plow over you, to let them know that it's not okay for them to talk to you like that, but at the same time, not to retaliate. Or let's say it is that you've been hurt and the situation is past. It's talking about not seeking a way that you can get back at them or get revenge If it's something at work later on, you say, oh, they did this to me, so I'm going to do this to them. That's what it's talking about in turning the other cheek. It's not seeking vengeance because, as it says in the Bible and Roman, vengeance isn't ours but the Lord, right? So you got to truly believe that the Lord already knew about the situation, has the situation handled. But when you take it in your own hands, because we have the right of free will, it really starts to mess things up. Well, as Christians in in this part of the world, we don't have it as bad as they do in other parts of the world where they're really persecuted. But when people start throwing insults at you because you are 
Christian, you're supposed to, in their point of view, just sit there and take it because you have to turn the other cheek if you're a true believer, which is pretty much what the scripture was talking about. It was talking about insults, not physical threats. Correct. It's talking about responding versus react, right? Uh, right. You know, it's, it's, it's your duty to be able to respond to what it is that they have to say, but it's not your duty to be able to react in a negative way where it's going to escalate the situation. Right. But there's a, there's a, you know, you know a bit about my personality. You have seen me up close. You've seen me in the gym. I have this kind of rule that I'll have an intellectual conversation with anybody who wants to do that. You want to get in my face in my personal space, I'll ask you politely to back off. You want to continue to be a jerk about it, please know I'm not a pacifist, period. <laughs> and for me, I love to get in conversations with people, but I, some people aren't looking for conversations. They're looking for confrontations, right? They're looking for you to be able to, or for them to say something specifically to get you to react. And that I'm not interested in, right? And you could tell really when the conversation starts, if they're willing to have a, a very, very intelligent, high-level conversation where you're going back and forth with your different viewpoints and they're listening what you have to say and you're listening what they have to say, or if they're just listening just so they can have something to say or to be able, and they'll still most of the time start hurling insults at what you believe. And that's when you know it's turned into a confrontation versus a conversation. Right. And me personally, I don't have any use for those people because there's, once again, talk about a efficiency, it's a waste of breath because they're not, as you say, they're not wanting to have a deliberation. They're just waiting for you to stop talking so they can continue on with their tirade. Man, there's some people that live for that. They live for that whole conversation because it makes them feel empowered. You know, if they can feel like they won the conversation by the time it is you stop talking, there's a rush that they get from them. There's some dopamine that goes to their brain or whatever else that they get from that. And so you're just feeding the fire of them looking for the next person to be able to do that too. Uh, you know, but here's the, Here's the way it is that I've learned to be able to count it. One thing that I do is I tend to do the short breath bears that we talked about in earlier podcasts in that situation to kind of help reset me and bring me back. So I'll say a quick prayer, not out loud. It'd be kind of weird in the middle of conversation. You just start praying over them, right? So, but in my head, I start, you know, praying for God to give me the patience and the strength to be able to stop the spin and, and be the one that actually is the bigger person to stop this conversation from going the direction that it needs to be. The second thing is, and I'll go opposite. And, and TW, we talked about this. You said that some people, it might make them mad whenever it is that you counter their aggression with love. What I found, like, in 90% of the situations is it, it completely catches them off guard. Whenever it is that you say something positive, it's like, you know what, no matter what you think, you're my brother and I really love you. Or if it's somebody who it is that I don't really know, it's like, you know what, you seem like a really smart person. I'm sure you have your point of view. Either way, I respect you as a person, so I don't want this whole situation to get in, in our possible friendship in the future. When you come at them with a different direction than the way that they're coming, they'll, they'll often stop and they'll kind of look puzzled or confused, like, I don't understand. I thought we were going the aggressive way. And now you flipped it and said, you know what? I, what I know is that God loves us both, no matter what it is that we believe. And I, I'm super excited about that point. You know, just anything it is to be able to to turn the, the situation off kilter so that way you could actually start making it go a different direction. That's one of my ways of dealing with it. I try to take all of the, whatever it is, the negative that I might've been thinking about them. And then, and I try and separate the person from their opinions and whoever it is. God loved everybody. God even loved the sinners whenever he was on the cross, the people who it is that had done stuff bad and the people who it is that turned him in and that, you know, was was against him. He loved all of them. Right. So if he can be that big, I can never hope to love that much, but I can at least stop the spin 
and and not wish any ill will on anybody else. Now, do, am I perfect with it every time? Absolutely not. You know what I mean? Maybe it takes after the situation for me to look back and say, you know what? I really need to forgive that person. I know they probably had the best intentions in mind. They just It just wasn't executed the right way, right? Um, but again, this is all part of growth. And that's what we talk about in this whole podcast is how it is that you can grow in your faith. This is one of the ways that I really, really had to work on growing inside of my faith to be able to get to this point. It was a lot of work, a lot of struggle, and I still stumble a lot of times, but I feel so much better now, especially whenever I'm in these situations, I feel so much better and it doesn't hang with me forever. I don't hold on to the grudges and the feelings like it is that I used to uh, coming out of these situations. Because I'm telling you, man, once it is I got in a conversation with somebody, I would be boiling for a long time. Matter of fact, I'd be having invisible conversations with them on what I should have said or what I'm going to say to them the next time <laughs> in my mind. Because next time I'm ready. I wasn't ready this time, but I'm ready the next time. And it took a lot for me to be able to shift. Let me give you a good example. Last night was the first class of this uh, course I'm taking in uh, screenwriting. And there were four or five students from my previous semester that continued on, including this one girl who was just a complete and absolute jerk to everybody and me in particular because she didn't like the fact that I was writing Christian material. I could tell that in her comments when she was reviewing the material. So she's in there and she's sitting across the conference table from me. I just said, I how was your summer? And, uh, and just dismissed it because I knew that there was no sense, A, in getting into it, and B, there was, I didn't want to put myself through the negative energy of reliving all that stuff. So it's kind of like, whether you're in this class or not should make no difference to me because I'm here to get the instruction from the big guy standing up front. That's what I'm going to work on. So just to wrap up this whole point about turning the other cheek, I really believe in just in doing all the reading and researching in the Bible and talking to all the different, uh, you know, leaders in faith that I, I know of and, and that God really meant it as a way for you to be able to to learn how it is to be able to respond without reacting, learning how it is to not be able to seek vengeance after it is that you've been wronged, learning how it is to be able to in the moment learn different ways to be able to return that in love instead of returning inside of anger. And one of the, my favorite examples of this in the Bible, I think is the extreme. I wish I could get to this level as whenever it is that you talk about uh, Joseph and his coat of many colors, right? <laughs> you talk about where it is that, you know, Joseph was wrong majorly by his brothers. If it is that you never heard the story before, you got to go. If there's one story that you got to look up and go read is this story because, you know, his brothers wrong him. His brothers were jealous of, of his relationship that he had with his dad. His dad gives him this coat of many colors. That's this beautiful coat, which in their time was a big deal. And so the brothers decide that they're going to <laughs> throw him into a pit one day, like to get rid of him. And then uh, tell the dad that he's actually dead, put, you know, blood on the coat and everything else and tell the dad that he's gone. And then if that's not bad enough, they decide, you know what, throw him in the pit is not bad enough. I'm going to actually sell him. <laughs> into slavery, right? I'm going to try to get rid of him, make some money off of this whole situation as well. And I'm not going to ruin the whole story for you because you got to go read it. But it turns out that this was the path that God put Joseph on so that he could actually become one of the leaders in his area where he actually becomes really high and well off to the point where it is that when his brothers actually see him again, they don't even recognize him. He plays along with this, right? And gives them a series of tests to be able to see where it is that their heart is. And when he finally reveals himself and who he is 
And I, I wish I could have been there to see the looks on their faces whenever they figure out this is the brother that we super wronged. Then not only does he forgive them, let him know he forgives them, but he he gives them extra oxen, extra land. And he, he just goes above and beyond to be able to to bless them versus taking vengeance. And so I think this is the prime example of a situation where it is that he could have really retaliated at any point. He could have, when he first recognized them and saw them, he could have did something. After it is that he revealed himself, he could have did something. He could have just, you know, went the other way, but he decided that he was going to respond in, in the ultimate love. Right, right. It's uh, the, the notion that we have to get used to is that uh, what you do, I have no control of. So that's between you and God Almighty. I have to look out for what I'm doing. I can try to make things better. I can avoid it, but I can't control you. So if you want to carry that chip around on your shoulder, I'll try to do what I can. But ultimately, that's your responsibility. That's not on me. That's the perfect lead into our last point, which is is a big one, which is forgiveness. And this is one that I'm definitely still working on uh, very heavily, uh, is forgiving the grievances that people have done against you. It's one thing to be able to walk the other way. It's one thing to be able to leave the situation. It's one thing to be able to turn the other cheek and not seek vengeance against them. But truly finding it in your heart to be able to forgive somebody, that's that's a powerful thing because it frees both you up it frees your spirit up because now you're not carrying this around with you. You know, having uh, something against somebody can eat you from the inside out. And they have gone on with their lives and you don't even know a lot of the times that you still have something against them. Meanwhile, it's eating you up. And then next time you see them, then here it is that all this stuff comes back up. But when you truly learn to be able to forgive somebody who has wronged you, uh, it's such an amazing experience for both you and them and the relationship that you guys have. Right. The one thing about forgiveness, however, is that you have forgiven them and you don't spend the energy maintaining that anger which you do have to spend energy doing. But that doesn't mean you go back thinking that things were the way that they were before. You can say, I forgive you. I might not join you for coffee or, you know, uh, participate with you in business. Doesn't mean I have to trust you. Doesn't mean I have to deal with you, but I have forgiven you. That's a great point. You don't want to fall into a situation where you're allowing people to take advantage of you over and over again and underneath the, you know, the terms of forgiveness, right? You're still, we're, you're still very cautious of the fact that uh, you were wrong by this person if it is that they wrong you. But, you know, a lot of the times it's just about letting go the feelings of anger and angst that you have towards this person, even the feelings that, you know, you wish something would happen to them. Because again, this negativity will will eat you alive. Uh, You know, I know a lot of the Bible verses from when I've heard them and when I've researched them and everything else, but I'm not one of those people that necessarily memorizes exactly where something is. But this one I wanted to look up. And in Colossians, it says, forgive whatever grievances that you may have against one another, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And in Matthew, it says he expects us to forgive others 70 times, seven times. Now, you will talk about a level of forgiveness. <laughs> you know, you're supposed to forgive people over and over again. Again, not meaning that you're supposed to allow them to continue to take advantage of you, but to get to that level of forgiveness where you can really forgive people for the things that they've done against you. And these are big things. You know, as Stephen Ministers, we talk to lots of people who are going through grief. And a lot of the forgiveness has to happen to people that have done major, major stuff, whether it is that, you know, uh, drunk driving and there's, a, you know, accidental death. And, and these, these are things that they have to forgive these people for that are, seem beyond the ability to forgive. But I've heard of people doing this and they said it was the best thing that ever happened to them when they learned to be able to let go and forgive those people. And a lot of them even confronted that person and let them know that they forgive that person. 
and and it was just such a huge breakthrough in their life and i think that's an amazing place to be able to get to sure and on a more day-to-day kind of basis you see it a lot in relationships in business if a guy has embezzled from your company and you say you know dude you shouldn't have done that i forgive you for doing it but you don't get access to the checking account or let's say that you had a girlfriend or a wife or a husband for that matter and they cheated on you all right so they come to you and and act contrite and say yeah okay i don't like it i forgive you doesn't mean i'm going to be with you but I have forgiven you. But just the act of forgiveness is purging, but it doesn't mean that things are back the way that they were completely. And when you're dealing with relationships, a lot of it has to go to finding the source of the reason why the hurt happened in the first place. This is why people go to counseling. This is why people, you know, get help Mm -hmm. because you got to find out where that, that initial reason that the person hurt you in the first place happens or the chances of it happening again are really, really high. This is where it is that I've seen people who would have gone through major issues inside of their marriage, whether it's uh, cheating, whether it is that, you know, wronging the other person and been able to go and walk through it, finding the source of the reason why it is that that hurt was done in the first place and then working around that. And it takes a long time for that kind of forgiveness to be able to happen. I've seen it happen. I've seen it successfully happen as well, but the right steps have to be taken in order for it to be, you know, to be possible for you to move on. Sure. It's a, it's like exercising. It's something that you have to do. You have to practice. You have to get better at. And, and once you understand how it works, you can do it. And you can see that it's you know, like rather than me spend my time, waste my time on, on something negative, I can be doing something positive with my time and my energy and actually move down my path as opposed to just walking around in circles. So here's my challenge to the, and this wasn't a planned part of the podcast, but it's on my spirit. So I'm going to do it. And I'm challenging myself too. Here's my challenge to all the listeners. If you have somebody right now who it is that you feel like it is that you need to forgive, that you feel like it is that you've been holding something against. Maybe it is that you haven't talked in a long time. Maybe it is that you are just, uh, just holding this in your heart. And it could be from people that you haven't talked to in a long, long time or something that just happened. Uh, I, I challenge you to reach out to them and try and this act of, of talking it through and forgiveness in your heart. Pray about it first. Pray about it and really ponder about what it is that you're going to say and how it is that you're going to keep yourself from retaliating, right? How is it that you're going to keep yourself from reacting if this situation goes left or right? But really think about why it is in your heart that you really should forgive this person and consider it. I mean, just give it consideration. And like I said, that wasn't even planned, but if, if the spirit moves me to say something, <laughs> I try and I try and follow that as well. And I have a couple of situations where it is that I'm going to follow my own advice as well. So I'm challenging you to do this alongside with me. Can I get a witness? <laughs> <laughs> right. So I love this. I love this whole podcast format because uh, you know we just let it go wherever it goes. Right. So again, the whole point of the techie and the cowboy, and the whole point of us doing this podcast, you got everyday guys just talking through. Uh, you know, their feelings about situations that we run into. And we love, love, love getting your feedback. So the first thing we ask you to do is to go and subscribe. Like go and subscribe so you can keep on getting the episodes of the podcast. You go to the techieandthecowboy.com and scroll down to where you can subscribe on whatever podcast uh, platform that you like. We're on Apple Podcasts or, you know, iTunes. You can subscribe to us there, Spotify. Uh, we're on all these different platforms. You just choose whichever one it is and subscribe. That's the first thing that you could do. The second thing that you could do is give us feedback. 
We're on social media. You can go on Facebook and look up the Techie and the Cowboy.com. We're on Twitter. You can go on there. We're on Instagram. And give us feedback on the episode and what it is that you really think and how it is that this worked for you. If something really touches your spirit, we want to hear that. If you believe something different, we want to be able to hear that. So that way we can uh, interact with you because that's really what this is about. The whole point of us starting this show, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, TW, is that maybe our, in our discussions, uh, we hit the heart of somebody who it is that really needs to be able to hear it. Indeed, that's exactly what motivated us. We were talking about it anyway in our conversations that you and I have recurringly. And so us talking about things that can help other people, so much the better. That's it. So that's our episode of the Techie of the Cowboy talking about turning the other cheek, being able to forgive people and how it is that you get over it whenever people hurt you. So this is Alistair Hunt, a.k.a. The Techie. And this is T.W. Lawrence, The Cowboy. And we're signing off. Let's kick that country outro music. That's it for this episode. Join us again next time for The Techie and The Cowboy. Hit us up on our website, thetechieandthecowboy.com. Let us know what y'all think.